Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. I'm Amanda Bickneese, Director of Empowerment, and I'm so happy you are joining us. We're here to globally empower military spouses with resources and support so they can conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. This is show number 954 of the longest running podcast of its kind, and it is my pleasure to introduce my team member and co-host, my wonderful Deputy Director of Empowerment, Amy Fisher. Thank you, Amanda. Hello, everyone. It's truly a privilege to bring you resources and support through this podcast, and today is no exception. To kick things off, we'll share some of our top resources to help you navigate this mill spouse life. Then in just a bit, we'll hear from Director of Content, Kathleen Palmer, as she chats with Dr. Ginny and Evan Owens about their powerful organization, Reboot Recovery. At Reboot Recovery, they help people overcome trauma through faith-based trauma healing courses, training, and an online community to help anyone looking to move forward from trauma and tragedy into a better future. So let's get started. Listeners, did you know that Mission Mill Spouse is entirely powered by volunteers and the generosity of our partners? That's right, Amanda. Celebrating our partners is always a joy. As a 501c3 organization, both individuals and businesses can support us in our mission, and we would love it if you choose to to join us. Check out our website at missionmillspouse.org to donate or email partner at missionmillspouse.org for more in-depth details on our extensive partnership deliverables. Just a reminder, all donations are tax deductible and go completely towards supporting our military spouse community. Thank you. Before we dive into today's resources, I would love to chat about the latest happenings in your household, Amanda. How are things with you? Oh, yeah, things are things are going well, actually. Um, I can't believe, you know, January's come and gone already. And my family and I, hopefully, knock on wood, are finally in the clear as far as illnesses. We have been like on and off sick with everything under the sun since mm. Thanksgiving time. And so... It just feels really good. Although um, as much as I'm excited, like the weather here in Colorado is still, it's so snowy. It's so cold, um, Mm. which I normally love, but in Colorado, it's, it's usually like, oh, it's going to snow today. And then tomorrow it'll be sunny and all gone. And so um, I've gotten so used to that, but now like the snow has just, it's kind of hanging out. It's chilling for a while. Also, I'm not snow on the ground. Uh, Yes, yes. But Um, you do have that dry, drier, right? Kind of sunny atmosphere. Yes, yes. And there are times that it's it's still really sunny. It's been kind of like foggy some days though, and a little Mm. bit on the gloomy side. So it definitely feels more so like we're not in Colorado Springs right now. But um, yeah, other than that though, I'm hoping we're able to actually enjoy being outdoors a little bit more, not staying in my sick household. (laughs) Um, What about you guys? How are you doing? 
Uh, well, I'm on the other side of that. I'm on like Virginia is very, it's cold right now, like 40s. We're supposed to get even colder this week, which I do not love at all. And it is not a dry and pretty one. So to me, it's like, it's been a little foggy, a little rainy. It's kind of like being back on the Northern California coast almost right now. So, um, but you know, no judgment here, but when it is cloudy like this and still cold, I tend to leave my Christmas trees up forever. (laughs) It's not very sunny outside. The kids are like, can we just leave the lights up for a little while? So I took down all my Christmas decorations you know, at the end of the December, but we leave our trees up with just the white lights, I think is pretty. And then we have a kid tree that's got all of their like Disney ornaments. And every year I buy them something new for what they're into. So that one kind of stays up for a little while. So now I've kind of been threatening, like as soon as the sun comes out, I'm taking these trees down. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. And then the other thing I have coming up is pretty cool. I'm very excited about. I'm a life coach as well, like personal growth, professional development. And I have been asked to put together a class for teenagers And yeah, it's like a local co-op or homeschool group. And they were like, could you put something together for life skills for our teens that are wanting to get out into the workforce or to go to college at better interviewing resume skills and that kind of stuff. So I've put together a four week course for them and I'm really looking forward to doing that. Wow. That is so awesome. I'm so excited for you. That's, that's fantastic. Oh, I think well, yeah, we Amy, could all use some help in that area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're you're just you're so great and honestly so empowering. That's why I love having you as my my cool. teammates. Um, oh, that's awesome. Well, it's been so fun catching up with you, Amy. And now it's time to check in with this week's resource recon. Listeners, our blogs this year are already so inspiring, encouraging, and empowering. Just like one of our latest ones from our Band of Bloggers member, Tina McRae, titled, Coupons Can Change Your Life. Tina begins this blog with sharing, When I began my journey as an Army wife, it became apparent to me that budgeting, meal planning, and clipping coupons would be a necessity to make my service members' paycheck go farther if we wanted to experience life's extras. This is not just a skill, but a lifestyle. Tina continues to share how to get involved with couponing classes and some of her most important lessons learned. With inflation and just cost increases over time, as my husband and I have started growing our family, I know that we've really become way more frugal um, than ever before. And Honestly, every little penny really does add up. So I know personally, I can continue to improve on how I save money and shop with our budget. So I really appreciate Tina sharing these tips and reminders for us. Amy, what did you think about this post? Yeah, I I really appreciated the reminder. I have um, never gotten into the coupon thing. I tried and I failed miserably. Um, I'm the person that will make the list, clip the coupons, and then forget the coupons at home and half the time forget my list. So um, I appreciate that she is so passionate about it and I I see the need and I see how it helps. And I love that she is just willing to share. When she said she started classes for other spouses, I was like, that's what it's about. When you find something you're passionate about and share it like that with, with others, I love that for her. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And right now the prices are crazy. I know, I know. We are like, we normally are a little bit more like, oh, we'll kind of overlook a couple of things. It's fine. And now we're like, oh, we really got to pay attention right now. (laughs) Well, mine are teenagers and they eat so much more than they used to. And when we lived in like, you know, Fort Campbell at Tennessee, it's a little bit less expensive in that area. And then of course we moved to Northern California and now the DC area. And man, our budget 
is just out of control for groceries, groceries and gas. Those are the killers for me the last couple of years. Yes, yes, yes. I was so excited here in Colorado. Gas was actually like in the twos for a couple of months. And I was like, oh, wow, this is nice. And then now it's, yeah, it's, that's gone. That's far. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Now I do save, I I do good at grocery points on the cards where you get gas points off. Yes. That one I'm actually decent at, but then my daughter is a Coast Guard. Well, she's Coast Guard herself and she's also a spouse of a Coast Guard. And they have started using my points, those turkeys. So in San Francisco, she's like, hey, mom, we used your gas coins. And I'm like, no wonder I never have any points saved up for my own gas. Um, but, you know, it's your kid. What are you going to do? So yeah. they need it more than I do up in San Francisco. It's expensive over there. So Oh, definitely. Oh, <laughs> well, at least good. it's still, you know, your family saving money. That's hey, exactly. <laughs> it helps her so she doesn't borrow money from me. So it's kind of a win-win, I guess, in that area. There you go. There you go. I love that. <laughs> right. Well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and hear from some of the other members of our command team. Next is our Empowerment Patrol report, followed by our weekly Moxie Minute and top stories from our News 6 correspondent. We here at Mission Mill Spouse never doubt the strength of our military spouse tribe. Here is our Director of Empowerment with this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Hello, Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is your Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bickney, bringing you this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Today we are showcasing our everyday empowerment recipient, Leslie Coffey, nominated by Giselle Kernut who shares with us a little bit about Leslie and how she empowers others. Giselle states, Leslie is the Vice President of Military Engagement for American Corporate Partners, and she has been a military spouse for 23 years. She is compassionate, charismatic, and she truly cares about military spouses' well-being in every aspect. I consider her to be a great mentor and someone that understands our struggles, but also who celebrates our wins. Both she and ACP have made a great impact in my life as a military spouse for only four years. Leslie knows our struggles and she always supports us with resources and her knowledge of so many things. She is very inspiring and a true leader. On behalf of Mission Mill Spouse, Thank you so much to Leslie Coffey for doing your part to empower families around the world. Until next time, I'm Amanda Bickneys reminding you, empowered spouses empower spouses. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hello there listeners, this is Amy Fisher here with your Moxie Minute, and this is just a minute of encouragement. We want to take the time to tell you that we are here for you. We are so excited to have you a part of Mission Mill Spouse Pages and Podcast. We hope that you reach out and find us on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and our blog. We would also love to hear from you. Email us anytime with questions or thoughts or ideas. We will definitely get back to you on that. If you know something that you think would take off or help a spouse, that is what we are here for. We are all about pouring out free resources and being here for other military spouses. And because we've been there, we've been through deployments, we've been through PCSs, we've been through ditties, moving on our own, we've moved without our spouses, you name it, we've probably done it a few times over. And that is what's so great about this team. 
is that we are volunteers and we genuinely care about each and every one of you. And we are here for you guys just as much as we are here for our own team members. So keep an eye out for new things. Like I said, new blogs, jump on our stories, tag us. We would love to see some things that you're up to and share those moments with us so that we can encourage each other together. All right, everybody, until next week, Moxie up. No news is typically good news in this military life, except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy, y'all, and buckle up for this week's News 6 update, Super Bowl edition. Whether you're flying high with the Eagles or hailing Chiefs Nation, we have all your military Super Bowl news right here at News 6. Super Bowl honors 50 years of female naval aviation. The pregame show before the big game on Sunday involves a special tribute flyover celebrating the women pilots of the Navy. The formation will include two FA-18F Super Hornets from the Flying Eagles of Strike Fighter Squadron 122 and an F-35C Lightning II from the Argonauts of VFA-147. It will also include an EA-18G Growler from the Vikings of Electronic Attack Squadron 129. The squadrons hailing from Naval Air Station Lemoore, California and Naval Air Station Whidbey Island, Washington, will begin their journey to the Super Bowl from Luke Air Force Base in Arizona. It's not a feeling I can even put into words, Lieutenant Katie Martinez, a Naval Flight Officer assigned to VFA-122, said in an official statement from the Navy. It doesn't get bigger than the Super Bowl, and I am humbled and honored to be able to participate with my friends and fellow naval aviators as part of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This year marks 50 years since the first class of women started flight school in Pensacola, Florida, in 1973. You can find digital playing cards of the pilots taking part in this momentous flyover at www.dvidshub.net. The footballs, cheer, and spirits may be flying high on Sunday, but it's safe to say that our naval aviators will be soaring just a little bit higher. Find out more at militarytimes.com. AFN scores a touchdown with free Super Bowl viewing. AFN's new livestream service, AFN Now, will be providing military overseas Super Bowl coverage absolutely free of charge. The service is only two months old, but it is up to the task. The director of the Defense Media Activity, Hal Pittman, said, DMA is working hard to provide our worldwide audiences with the very best entertainment, news, and sport programming available. The ability of AFN Now to live stream the most popular sports events ensures our military sports fans can catch the action on their schedules. This is a big one for our military and family serving overseas. Thanks in part to its 80-year history of working the entertainment and sports industry, when AFN approached the NFL about partnering, the NFL was more than willing to participate. We are grateful to our sports industry partners for adopting our newer distribution platforms to keep AFN's audiences entertained throughout the hardships that come while serving outside the United States, said Chief Master Sergeant Jason David, DMA's Command Senior Enlisted Leader. Negotiating these digital broadcasts right to high-value sports programming d demonstrates in support to U.S. service members around the world and all they do for our country. Members can download the AFN Now app and watch it from their phone, tablet, or smart TV. Our audiences want live sports, said Kim Antos, chief of digital platforms. Delivering what our audiences want is important to us. Most of the AFN staff have also served overseas and know how important sports are to the morale and quality of life of our service members. AFN's motto, we bring you home, 
motivates us to provide the best programming and streaming experience possible. This app is free of charge for not only the military member, but any family member, veteran, or retiree living overseas. You can download and register at afnnow.myafn.mil. Seven hours ahead or behind Arizona time and hoping to watch at a reasonable hour? Never fear, this app also allows you to record. Ray some glue, vine, or sake for your favorite team, you international superstars. Way to bring America's sport to a global level. Find out more at defense.gov. Finalists chosen for USAA and NFL Salute to Heroes. Cincinnati Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst, San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle, and Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera are the three finalists chosen for Salute to Heroes, an award given to NFL players and coaches for exceptional charitable work for the military community. All three of this year's finalists for the Salute to Service Award presented by USAA serves America's military community in different but impactful ways, with each deserving recognition for their exemplary commitment to those who wear the uniform, said Vice Admiral Retired John Byrd, USAA Senior Vice President of Military Affairs. From caring for the mental health of veterans to connecting with military families and the unwavering support of active duty service members, USAA thanks and salutes Hayden, George, and Coach Rivera for their commitment to our military, veterans, and their families, and to all NFL fans for helping determine this year's worthy finalists. USAA will give 25000 in the award recipient's honor to the official aid societies representing each of the military branches. The NFL will match USAA's donation of 25000 which will be donated to the award recipient's military charity of choice. They will also receive a coin specially designed and made for the recipient. Hayden Hurst was nominated due to his advocacy of mental health care for military members. He has also donated to Two Dog Canine Foundation, which pairs service dogs with veterans. He has used his Hayden Hurst Foundation to sponsor several military appreciation events in the Cincinnati area and has also worked with Armed Forces Tickets Association to get tickets for military members to enjoy a preseason Bengals game. George Kittle was nominated due to his long history of connecting military members and veterans to football, while donating generously to multiple military charities. These include My Cause, My Cleats Initiative, the Pat Tillman Foundation, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, or TAPS, and Merging Vets and Players, or MVP. Last season, he gifted 150 tickets to National Guard members, and this year he has hosted military members at every 49ers game. He founded the Hidden Pearls podcast to connect with military veterans through storytelling. Ron Rivera, an Army brat himself, surprised deploying troops at BWI Airport along with several of his players. He visited 250 active and former members of the military at the club's Salute to Service Day. He also hosted a practice at Joint Base Andrews and hosted nine wounded veterans to come watch the team at training camp. He donates all his earnings as a Spotify NFL channel guest to the USO and is a supporter of the TAPS Foundation. The giving of the award will be airing live Thursday, February 9 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on NBC, NFL Network, and Peacock from Symphony Hall in Phoenix. Hats off to you, players and coach. You never drop the ball when it comes to honoring our military. Today in history. Keeping with the football theme, today in 1926, the newly formed National Football League ruled that players were ineligible to be drafted until their college class graduated. The NFL greeted 22 teams that year, with the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets edging a victory over the Chicago Bears in the championship game. I guess the Bears were playing the long game, however, since they're the ones that are still a household name. That's it for me.
I'm Emma Tai with New Six, where information empowers. Go Chiefs! It's true, listeners. No news is good news in military life, except for when it's coming from our Mission Mill Spouse New Six correspondent. Thank you, Emma, for always keeping us in the need-to-know news loop. Let's take a quick break, then stay tuned for today's main event when Kathleen interviews Dr. Jenny and Evan Owens about Reboot Recovery. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and long-standing legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest-running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1,000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or catch our twice-weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Welcome, Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Kathleen Palmer, your Mission Mill Spouse director of content, and I'm looking forward to today's episode. In Healing What's Hidden, Practical Steps to Overcoming Trauma, Evan and Jenny Owens, founders of Reboot Recovery, offer practical step-by-step processes to help readers acknowledge their trauma heal their invisible wounds, and reclaim their future so they can live beyond the anxiety, depression, and shame that trauma leaves behind. Evan Owens is co-founder of Reboot Recovery, where along with his wife, Jenny, he provides a unique blend of clinical insight and Christian faith-based support to those recovering from trauma. Evan is the executive director and regularly appears on Newsmax, Right Now Media, PureFlix, and nationally syndicated podcasts. Jenny Owens is co-founder of Reboot Recovery, where along with her husband, Evan, she provides a unique blend of clinical insight and Christian faith-based support to those recovering from trauma. Jenny is an occupational therapist and serves as head of research, presenting Reboot's Reboot's research findings at universities and scientific conferences across the country. Evan and Jenny have three sons and live outside Nashville, Tennessee. Evan and Dr. Dr. Jenny Owens, excuse me, welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Thank you so much for having us. We are super excited, especially with our audience. And um, as you know, is Military Connected. And I, we were really excited when we saw your name up on the docket. So let's just <laughs> jump right in. I know that you guys have a time crunch here. And um, will you tell us a little bit about your organization, Reboot Recovery, and your hope for this book you've just put out? Sure, Jenny, you want to go first? Um, yeah. A reboot recovery um, helps people overcome trauma. We started with a military uh, on our hearts and we've grown now to encompass um, first responders, their families, as well as anybody who's experienced any kind of trauma. Um, And we do this through a 12 week peer led course that meets in communities and on installations and at VA hospitals and and in police departments all over the country. Um, And We have written a book called Healing What's Hidden, um, which really is a practical guide for people who want to take the first steps in beginning the healing journey for trauma. And we want to use the book. We hope the book is a way to connect people um, with Reboot Recovery, with the organization and get them plugged into a group. Well, and like you just mentioned that Healing What's Hidden is a practical, actionable guide. Um, And so how did you guys get into you know, this type of area, what about your passion? How did you get into helping people um, in this field? Hmm. Jenny, that might be another one for you because it really came through her job working at 
Fort Campbell. Jenny, why don't you take number two as well? Yeah, well, I am an occupational therapist, as you said, and I was working at the traumatic brain injury clinic at Fort Campbell, um, kind of during the heights of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And so we were, you know, addressing physical wounds, uh, mental and, and emotional wounds that people sustained in combat. But it didn't take long for me to recognize that combat wounds the soul, puts people in lose-lose situations where they have to make decisions and they bear a lot of guilt sometimes uh, or shame uh, or they uh, are riddled with um, just anger or frustration, grief, uh having a hard time forgiving themselves or others. So there was a lot of complexities to walking through that kind of trauma. And it affected not just the service member, but the family members as well. And I just felt uh, that there was more that I could offer as just a human being who wanted to see these people thrive, not just survive. And I, you know, the suicide epidemic epidemic was very real, very pressing. There was a lot of hopelessness in the eyes of those that I was working with and in people that were coming and going from the medical facility there at Fort Campbell. And so I would just um, come home and kind of process this stuff with Evan. Um, we began to pray and ask God, you know, how could he use us in a, maybe in a more effective way than what I could do just just with my medical experience. And, and so um, we devised this idea of bringing families together in kind of a small group environment where we would have a meal, childcare, and create a safe space for just to have the hard conversations about where faith and trauma collide. You know, um, why did God let this happen? How do I bear uh, the just the burden of, of surviving when maybe a loved one has passed away in combat. Um, how do I find new purpose and meaning when I'm being quote unquote kicked out of the military, all of those challenges. And it was just amazing. Evan jumped on board with me. We began creating curriculum to kind of walk through some stuff over 12 weeks. And we saw amazing transformations because people started to recognize that they weren't the only ones having these thoughts or struggling in these ways. And they began to share that burden amongst each other. And we saw this community and this family arise and people came out of this course stronger than they had ever been. And they just wanted to keep coming and keep staying connected. So we realized we were kind of onto something. Well, and I know Evan's passed off the last two questions. So I'll, I'll circle back to him in just a second. But as you were talking about that, I love that you talked about how it almost started like a kitchen table grassroots movement yeah. where you're sitting around with families. And, you know, I, I'm a spouse of a service member and, um, it, everything that you guys are doing, you know, and how you started it is, is so important. And I just, I went online a little bit and looked at some of the, the videos and I, I was looking at some of the, the testimonials and one of them, you know, had said that, you know, this, this was like a family to them and how they, you know, were able to, you know, experience this without judgment. And I just think all of that is so amazing. And that leads me back a little bit before we hit that next question is I want to ask Evan. Now I know that Jenny had said how she got involved with it. How did she bring you into the fold? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'll just jump in on this one. This is one only I can answer. So it's good. Um, <laughs> my, you know, my nature has always been, I think, um, somebody that sort of enjoyed working with people. I've always had a strong justice bone and I've always um, wanted to write by people and that's even being little. And so, you know, I was working as a uh, CEO of a technology company actually in Nashville and, um, you know, we were living sort of the dream of dual income and no kids, which is a glorious place to be when you don't have any of those expenses. And every day she would come home and tell me these amazing stories. And I found myself really eager to rush home and hear from her what incredible things she had witnessed and experienced that day. And, um, 
And soon she, like, like she said, invited people over to our living room. And from the first meeting I was hooked. And so every resource I could get my hands on, but the best resource was really sitting across from people for about five years, multiple times a week, sitting across from people, military families, and just asking them how their experiences had shaped them and what had helped and what hadn't and what changed about them. And then offering their own stories. And at the same time, I was going through a, a trauma of sorts in my own life that um, was, you know, in hindsight, a really great trauma, but it was, it was uh, something that was really challenging in terms of my business wasn't doing well. And so I was, you know, reading everything I could get my hands on. And it was almost like, as I would absorb it, I would just share, like, say, Hey, is any of this helpful to you? And a lot of it was, and then I started having my own thoughts about it. And that kind of, you know, that combination of really taking their stories and putting them together and taking their experiences and really sort of cataloging them combined with some of my own stories and my own experience really became the, the course for about five years. We did it every group, every week in multiple groups with military families getting together unpaid. We were still doing other jobs and just loved people well. And, and that's what reboot actually birthed out of. Well, that's amazing because, you know, the military is a people business and they like to say that we like to believe it and it, but it is. And so it makes sense that healing military personnel and their families would actually have to be some type of people business as well. Mm. Um, you mentioned trauma and I, you know, trauma is such a, I mean, it, it could be an overused term, especially in our society today, but how do you define trauma? Can you define trauma for us? Trauma in its most simple definition is a wound. That's the Greek origin of the word. Um, and that's really what we saw. It's an unseen wound, though. It doesn't necessarily um, cause super uh, visible and immediate and visible uh, outputs, but it can kind of be hidden and can be brushed under the rug. It can be uh, sometimes ignored for a long period of time. You can kind of outpace it, outrun it sometimes, but it's there and it, and it has to be addressed. And I think so many people who've experienced trauma sometimes think I'm just broken, especially with military. I'm just damaged goods. It's a shift in a paradigm to say, no, you're not broken. You're wounded. And guess what? Wounds can heal, but you got to take proper steps to heal that wound. You can't just, you know, turn a blind eye or you bleed out, right? You got to apply a tourniquet. You got to do all those things that we do in the physical realm. Sometimes you got to do that in the spiritual realm or in the soul realm. And so um, that's kind of where we start when we're, where we're setting up the the table for folks to begin this, this conversation about trauma. Well, and so many of us like minimize our painful experiences, you, you know, push them down. And you had a video on there from a Vietnam era veteran, which I was completely moved by because he said he didn't know anything was wrong, but his wife did. And that mm. was really powerful. Powerful. So when you when you look at that, um, why is it important to boldly identify the source of trauma in our lives the way that you guys are doing? Yeah, I think there's nothing more frustrating than investing tons of energy and time and not seeing any results. Right. I mean, nothing, nothing maybe is more discouraging than that. And how many times have we had conversations with military families, military spouses, caregivers, et cetera, who they say something like, I've tried everything and nothing seems to work. And one of the things that we started really establishing or learning early on is that trauma wounds us in ways that medicine can't necessarily diagnose and heal. We say that it, it wounds you in, in more ways than bullets and bombs can. And, you know, we, we talk about that a lot of times those wounds, as Jenny said, they're, they are invisible, but they're also not just mental and physical. And so you have to look at that third leg of the stool, which is if, if most of us would agree that we have a mind and a body and a soul, even if you're a person that has no faith, most people would say that's true. So if that's true, and we would all agree that war and military service can wound your mind and your body, which 
everybody believes that now the question is can it wound your soul and if so what would a wounded soul look like and how would you go about healing it and all of a sudden what we began to find is that a lot of the symptoms uh began to be eradicated decreased healed etc whatever word you want to use there as we were able to dig down and get to the root issues of what those things were and some of those soul wound issues and um and so that's why it's all connected and that's why it's important to use the right tool for the job right if i'm cleaning laundry i use laundry soap i don't use windex both of them are technically cleaners but one cleans glass the other cleans clothing so what do we do to clean trauma of the soul you have to pick the right type of ingredient does that make sense it makes complete sense. It is a great analogy. And also, you know, there's a, you also talk about a, a time in the book where you felt like you were falling apart. And, you know, when you talk about what to clean your soul with, what was your, what was the source of your strength when you were going through your darkest moments? Yeah. I mean, definitely my faith in, in God definitely played a big role in it. I think for me, I'm a, a, a person who believes uh, in the Christian faith. And so for me, recognizing that I serve a God who doesn't waste a wound, meaning he doesn't, uh, He's not a mean kid on an anthill that makes us go through hell on earth just to to say, hey, look, look, look how powerful I am. But instead, I have a, a God who grieved with me um, in the character of Jesus. I had a God who fought, fought for me. I had a God who died for me. I had a God who. And so because of all those things, I felt like he was with me. Number two, though, is my wife really stepping into my life and speaking truth that I didn't want to hear. A lot of times we as men, we start to create enemies of our greatest allies you know, the people who are actually our allies, we believe them to be enemies. And what we'll find if we do that is we'll find ourselves isolated and alone, pushing away the voice of help and reason. And what a, what a terrible place that is to be. We'll listen to all the wrong advice. And so that was a big one for me. And then honestly, doing life with the military families um, was a big sort of, um, a community for me, really finding healing and connectedness and really realizing that if we kind of grew our roots together, our trees would be a lot, it'd be a lot harder to, to, for the wind to blow down in the tree, so to speak, if our roots grew together underground. And that was the three things that really worked for me, I would say. I love that. I love that. That's great. I'm actually going to delve into that one more um, with the roots. And it's funny because you two kind of, your roots have kind of grown together because Jenny having this occupational therapist, you know, treating the soldiers background, um, y'all make such a great team. And so Jenny, since we're talking about that just for a second, how has, how is the way your job and what you did at Fort Campbell, how's that shaped the way you treat trauma now? Mm, yeah. Well, it was so evident to me, the impact that trauma has, not just on the individual, but on the whole family. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I had I always invited spouses to come into the sessions when we were doing traumatic brain injury rehab and oh, you can just see it. You can see the heaviness that people are carrying. And so with reboot, one of our unique uh, factors or facets is that we ad- invite the entire family to be a part of this healing process. We don't separate out and say, well, here you, you have military experience. You go in this room, your spouse, you go in this room. And while that's there's sometimes benefit to that. Um, we really feel like that the family needs to heal as a whole and the spouse needs to have the opportunity to hear, not just from their loved one who's military, but other military members, which gives them insight. And then that happens in a reciprocal manner where the military member is able to hear from other spouses and gives them insight into what their spouse is experiencing. So um, that's been huge. We always have tried to provide childcare at our courses. Like I said, a meal, that family focus, just to make it easy because this isn't something that people really want to do. It's hard. And so we want to take down right. as, many no, yeah. as we can um, just to make it feel like a welcoming place that you want to be. And, and we infuse, as you've already noticed, probably 
humor, self-deprecating humor. We're not afraid to not take ourselves too seriously. Um, that's gone a huge way to helping veterans and service members begin to trust us because we are, we are outsiders and we get that. And we're, we're not ever trying to cover that up. Um, so just authenticity and, and not being afraid to laugh. Sometimes we, we always had, had a good time in our courses. Well, that's awesome. And then, and you're absolutely right too. And it is hard to trust, especially when you're trusting somebody with something that is so personal. Yeah. So I'm sure that you already, both of you already have such a warm way about you. I'm sure that, you know, you bring that into your group. We're going to take a quick break. Um, we want to thank you so much for sharing your personal experiences with trauma. Um, and listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Reboot Recovery, please visit RebootRecovery.com or you can connect with them on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Reboot Recovery. If you want to connect directly with Evan and Dr. Jenny Owens via social media, you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Evan and Jenny Owens. You can also find their book online or at any major bookstore. Stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Dr. Jenny and Evan Owens after the commercial break. We'll talk more about moving forward from our pain and tips on how to help others that are struggling with this. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Dr. Jenny and Evan Owens, authors of Healing What's Hidden, Practical Steps to Overcoming Trauma. I want to share a few thoughts from the Owens that was that is found in their book. And please listen to the following and just think, listeners, about what, what they're trying to get across. Trauma doesn't discriminate. White, black, military, civilian, gay, straight, rich, by the reach of trauma. It can touch our lives at any age, stage, or place. Either we deal with our trauma or our trauma will deal with us. Truth bomb, y'all. That is like seriously so powerful. Um, and, you know, sometimes we feel trapped in guilt and shame and regret from our past. So mm. how can we move forward from this and turn our pain into purpose? Mm. Yeah, actually, we're speaking to a group of college students tonight on that exact subject. Um, you know, I think the first thing is to recognize that the the process is, is really about restoration and not replacement. I think there's this idea that, you know, if we could totally get, if we could get away from our family and get a new group of friends, get a new family, get a new, whatever it is, I think it starts. Sometimes people try to run from one thing to another in their efforts to kind of numb their behaviors, et cetera. But I think if we can say, Hey, you know, there's beauty in things that are restored and restoration is possible. We always say that God's innate response to woundedness is never a replacement. It's always restoration. You know, he says that I've come to make all things new, not that I've come to make all new things. And so with that, right, that's, that's the idea of restoration. So I think first believing that restoration is possible. That doesn't mean that the piece of furniture will look exactly like it did before the restoration. It's going to have more nicks and scars and bruises and things, but that will serve as a testament to what you've lived through. That will serve as something that empowers your story to both live it out for your own benefit, but also for the benefit of others. I think that's the first kind of rule of thumb. The second one is to stop making the situation worse. 
How many times do we do that? Right. We, we deny, we cry, we numb, we run, which is one of the chapters in the book, the four default responses to trauma and why they make things worse instead of better. And so as we do those four responses, a lot of times we end up sort of digging ourselves deeper. What's the first rule of thumb when you find yourself in the bottom of a pit? Stop digging, right? And so the same is true with trauma is, is that. Um, and the third thing is, you know, trauma healing happens in the context of community. You have to get around other people who are going through a similar thing. And, and while we are big believers in therapy and counseling and things like that, of course, I do firmly believe that long-term healing is only possible when we surround ourselves by others who have in fact been healed themselves or in the process of healing. We, 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 we do really well when we have a follow the leader phenomenon. We do terrible when we're the leaders by ourselves and there's, we never have a chance to, to learn from others. Uh, even the best leaders are always lifelong learners. And so they always have people they're looking up to. And so that's the three stages that I would say to start. Now that's not the full equation to healing from, from trauma, but I would say if those three elements are in place, you're off to a great start. And the community piece is so important to the military community. And one of your of videos course. talked about, how he said he more human because he was, it was like more of a family, uh, you know, being able to talk about things too. And sometimes when you, when you think about therapy and, you know, of course therapy has its place and, but sometimes this, this person in your video would talked about how you feel like a number and like, you know, somebody else is coming in the office, but yet when you're in a group like reboot has it actually, you know, it's 12 weeks long. And so you really feel like you have this connection with people. So, you know, despite all our comforts, our medicines and unprecedented connectedness in today's society, there's still that hope de deficit that we have. Um, and people tend to feel more hopeless now than ever. Um, and so I guess a big question is, how do we regain that hope? And I know y'all don't have the answers to everything, but I don't know if maybe you can take on that question. We do yeah. have the answers to everything. That is that is true. Jenny and I know everything. That is that is. A nice low bar, Jenny. So why don't you just go ahead and tell her that and also the, the meaning of life while you're at it, if you could tackle that. No, I mean, this is this is at the core of what we do. This is what I feel like God really called us to, uh, is to help people to find hope because we live in a world where, where suicide is a very real problem, not just in the military community. It's the, it's the second leading cause of death for young people ages 18 to 35. So that's serious. That's significant. And I, be, I really believe that that is um, because people are not, they're looking for hope in maybe the wrong places. And hope is part of the equation if you want to live a life worth living. Um, unfortunately, I feel like in today's day and age, um, we we run from painful experiences. We numb out. We use medication or shopping or drugs, alcohol, um, social media, whatever it is to, to numb those painful experiences, to avoid facing them. Um, when in reality, and maybe generations past have embraced this more than we have, uh, we believe that, that the fruit comes by pressing through the painful experiences. Um, and that's, that's a biblical concept. Um, Romans talks about how, um, we glory in suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint. We follow uh, a character in the Bible named Jesus who, when everything seemed to be going wrong and this person is dying on the cross, mm -hmm. uh, it's when everything looks the worst is when God's doing his greatest work. And if Jesus had not submitted to that, that wouldn't have happened. And the, the saving grace that came through that would never have happened. And so I just feel like on a micro level on each of our lives, like not, not that we're Jesus, but sometimes we need to recognize that in the darkest moments, yeah. God's birthing something that he couldn't do any other way. Um, 
that we've seen that in stories like Brian, which I share in the book, who had, you know, survived a suicide attempt, uh, but ended up getting connected with Reboot and grew so much and has changed the trajectory of his family. He's now a huge representative of Reboot nationally and helping train other leaders and helping thousands of people. And he says that he is thankful. He's thankful for that, that darkest moment in his life because it was the changing point for him. That was the turning point for him. And so um, I just say all that to say, I want, I want you, if, if you're listening and you're in that spot, um, to, to, don't get, to not give up, to not give up hope, to keep moving forward. Because I do believe that God is a God that brings beauty out of ashes. And as Evan said, he, he brings newness, um, even when things seem broken beyond repair. Well, and I think also, like you mentioned, you know, we're a big fan of, you know, there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning in the military community because that that is, you know, the way we kind of live our lives. But I also think, too, that you really touched on, you know, reaching out like to our listeners or someone who might be struggling. But how do we give tips for us as family members or people who love somebody who's struggling? How can we help them live through their pain or help help them with their pain? You know, I always say the first thing is to get your ingredients right as you try to approach them. So let me give an example um, to those who are listening. Have you ever had somebody come to you with too much truth and advice right away? What does that feel like? It feels like condemnation and judgment, right? On the flip side, have you ever had somebody come to you with just hundred percent grace and encouragement? Nobody ever got mad at somebody coming to them with grace and kindness and encouragement, right? And so I always say right. that if you're if you're making a cake of healing, so to speak, you want spoonfuls and heapfuls of flour, which is the uh, grace, and you want pinches of truth initially. So I say get the formula right. It's grace plus truth over time is how you go about healing. That's the math equation there. And so get your ingredients right first. So if you go in, so often we want to charge away with advice about what we think they should be doing. You know, on the flip side, for those of you who are spouses who are listening, I also see a lot of spouses, you know, if you give all grace and no truth, that goes by another name, enablement. And what is that name? Enablement. It, <laughs> you got yeah. it. Yeah. If you just continually show grace to a person and never offer them the truth and you never set clear boundaries, then you're enabling their behavior. And I see that with a lot of military families. Um, and so it's that combination of grace and truth, the left and right punch to be able to to work on landing. The second piece, though, is... Um, you know, as, as we do that, as I always encourage people to approach the situation with genuine curiosity, as opposed to wanting to jump into treatment. So if you just approach the situation and say, I just want to understand you and what you've been through, I'm not going to offer you advice. I'm just going to listen and say, I really appreciate you sharing this with me. What else would you like to share? Tell me more about that. And you actually have, I think that's been the secret to Jenny and I's success. We genuinely love hearing these stories. And so because of that, Nobody ever got mad at you saying, talk about yourself for the next 40 minutes. People love to talk about themselves. It's the subject they know best. So let them do it. Right. Wow. Well, and I think, I mean, you, I could talk to you guys all day and I was just thinking in my head, I probably. I got time. Let's just keep going. This is good. We yeah. don't, uh, what, six hour okay. podcast set a record. Yeah, sure. We got good engineers, but no, and I know Jenny's on a time crunch, but I, um, you know, I really feel like, you know, in our community, especially because we, you know, in the military, like you talk about how people coming at you hard. I mean, the military is hard. Like, you know, when you start a new job, it's like drinking from a fire hose and that sometimes we approach treatment and helping others that same way. We want to throw all these resources at them when they're just not ready for it. And I think that is, that is such a huge thing. And in our community lately, um, we had a big suicide rock our community last year 
And mm-hmm. um, it, it, I, I, I was so personally a part of it and I had never noticed how hard it is to talk about it, to heal from it, to get people to, you know, want to do things differently. And, um, but I think you're right. I think it starts with listening, but it also starts with knowing when to, you know, not cross over to being in that enabler. Cause that, that's a truth bomb right there. You know, I mean, grace and truth. I love it. I, I think that's, is a great thing that we can take to our listeners. Um, when you talk about, I'm just going to ask you this real quick. When you have your sessions with the military folks and you, you have your family members there, is that correct? You invite them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're there. And, and do you find that sometimes you need a separate group or a separate session just for family members, or are you able to, to work well with everybody together? It's the most common question that we get asked is why didn't we do the groups separate, which is the traditional approach. The biggest reason is because we're not a support group. First off, we're a healing course. So we're not that primarily our purpose is not to let people share their stories and their feelings and provide empathetic support. While that's a secondary benefit that we definitely offer in in large quantities, the primary goal is to give people tools techniques and knowledge to understand why they're responding the way they are and what to do about it, how to heal. And so that content works best when going through it with loved ones. And the reason it works best is because we all need a little bit of a truth serum. You know, we, we can all tell people, Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. When the person next to us is like, no, you're really not doing that good. Like, here's where I still see, you know, we need that in our lives that sharpens us. But then number two is how many times have we seen this? The spouse goes and gets lots of support the veterans refusing to get help and the spouse's quality of life, regardless of the support really doesn't improve. Nothing actually changes. Right. Yeah. And that's a good point. That's, that's that uh, like, what did we, yeah, we definitely prolonged uh, their, their resilience to be able to stay in the fight, which is noble and admirable, but not necessarily sustainable. And so we want to be able to say, hey, look, you guys are going to go through this together. Now, certainly we have spouses that go through alone. We have veterans that go through alone. We have active duty that go through alone. And that's totally okay. And that's going to be great. And they're going to get tons of information. But in an ideal situation, what starts to happen is the healing. They keep up with each other. Um, And the only equation I could use to that is like working out. You know, how many of us would much rather work out with someone we care about and have that accountability there to work out together. Then if you're trying to diet by yourself and work out by yourself and your other person still eating Cheetos and drinking beer and ordering burgers every night, you know what? You're probably not going to do well. You're just going to keep eating Cheetos and burgers. And with trauma, it's kind of the same thing. It helps when you do it in the context of a family. Well, I, I appreciate you going into that. And I know that you don't just do military. You have other, you have other aspects to first responders and then other, other trauma groups. And I know that I'm kind of focusing on that. Um, I just think that in our community, this is, this is a much needed thing. And I, I'm going to be honest with you until a few weeks ago when they asked me to run the interview, I had, I hadn't really heard of it. And so I did a little bit of research and I'm hoping that from this podcast, we can get a lot of other people on board to see your resources. So as we hey, wrap let's up do a, let's do a mission, uh, let's do a mission mill spouse group just for mission mill spouse fans. We'll, uh, we'll get that going. Yeah. Like I would, I think that would be, I'm not even joking. That would be awesome. I mean, I think that there's been 20 years of war and I think Heck yeah. you know, I'm old enough. Well, I mean, my husband was deployed from the get go. So I, we really know a lot of people that need this. And yeah. I think this is, this is something that has to happen. Um, and Jenny, I know you're on a time crunch, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up just a little bit. I'm going to ask one last question. Um, you know, we're all kind of about empowerment here, but what's one piece of advice you would give our listeners, which are primarily military spouses, um, on how to navigate, you know, helping somebody 
um, that they feel would need reboot? Like what's some advice you would give to our community on how we can get somebody into the program or just to, to talk about it? One person, one piece of advice on how to get people into getting help, right? That's the question. How to, how to kind of convince them to accept help or, or, or encourage them to accept help. Is that right? Am I understanding the question? You are because soldiers are stubborn. Uh, military people are stubborn. Oh, really? I haven't, I haven't ever experienced that. That's funny. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, in my experience, top down help is highly overrated, meaning, you know, kind of chain of command based support is overrated. So a lot of times it's, it's about finding a peer that they can connect with that has lived through similar experiences. So I would say the first thing is to identify people and you as a spouse have a powerful influence on this because of who you invite into your home, right? If you're inviting a family into your home and the other veteran, let's say, let's say it's another military family. If he's or she's just as lost in the sauce as you all are, well then that's not a great person to be inviting. That's not the, that's not the ideal influence. So the first place is figure out who your influences are and who you're going to look up to and find some people that you and your spouse can both say, wouldn't it be cool if we could get there where they're at now versus where they used to be or something like that. So I'd say that's the first place is look at who the influences are you're allowing into your home. Um, Okay. The second one, Jenny, I might have you take too many ideas on. Well, yeah, I I was first, I maybe read the question differently. um, And it was, was just a quote that came to mind. Um, which is isolation is a dead man's cave. And so we got to step outside of the hide it phenomenon. And I know that happens even in male spouses as much as it does in the military members um, and just create that conversation and that authenticity of where you're really at. Um, But as everyone was saying, like, as far as reboot and hit success and getting people there, definitely it's the peer to peer relationships that have been the most beneficial. Um, And so building on that, if, especially if you're thinking about, bringing this to your community, knowing that that's, that's how we've grown is through, not through the commanding officers, but through the E5s, E4s, E6s, you know, the people who are shoulder to shoulder saying, you know, Hey, this helped me. Come on. Evan and Dr. Jenny Owens, thank you so much for joining us today to empower male spouses and everywhere to reclaim their future and to help their loved ones. As always, we thank you very much for serving our community. Listeners, Check out their book, Healing What's Hidden, Practical Steps to Overcoming Trauma Online at major booksellers. Also visit their website, Reboot Recovery. Thank you again to guests, Dr. Jenny and Evan Owens. Now it's time to return to our Mission Mel's Pals podcast studio to hear reflections from our hosts. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much to Dr. Jenny and Evan Owens for sharing empowering resources with us this week. Again, if you want to learn more about Reboot Recovery, you can head over to RebootRecovery.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Reboot Recovery. If you'd like to further connect with Jenny and Evan, you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Evan and Jenny Owens. Amy, what are some key takeaways that you had from this interview? Um, Well, a few, Amanda. So I partly jumped on to co-host this week because I actually know Jenny and Evan Owens. Um, Not well, but yeah, I don't know if they would actually remember me. Jenny and I had a few conversations, but we actually attended the same church for a while when we were stationed at Fort Campbell. And so I was able to see firsthand the, the blessing that this 
um, reboot recovery was to people and firsthand that some of the small groups and the people that they interacted with, and they are just a personable, approachable couple that have a heart for soldiers and their families. And it really was such a neat thing to see in person. And so I was, I was, I love to be able to get on and hear again what they've been up to because it's been a couple of years. Well, it's been about four years since we've been there. So to hear how much they've grown is so, is so cool. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, just listening to them, I was like, these are some awesome people. So the fact that you got to meet and interact with them in person is really, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was so neat because you hear about the small group times and, you know, not everybody knows that I'm a chaplain spouse as well. So we use a lot of, you know, we back when we had marriage treats and we use small groups as a way of ministry in that area too. But to see how they're doing it as a, as a recovery group, I loved how he said, like, we went them talking not only to each other, but with their families because the families yes. are suffering as well sometimes in those areas. And so to, to be able to get into a room where you feel safe and get it on the table and see that common bond that you might share, I just think is really necessary. Yeah. When he talked about how, you know, whenever trauma is involved, um, mm. that the family as a whole needs to heal. I was like, oh, wow. And I, I feel that way with just kind of any relationship um, in general. It's like when you're in it with someone else and you're committed to that, that change or healing, whatever's needed, um, the family is just a key aspect. So I loved that. They shared so many just like eye-opening, inspiring things. Um, like even just right from the, right off the bat when she was like, you know, oh, Kathleen had asked how would they describe trauma? And they were like, oh, it's a wounded soul. And then mm -hmm. they had that question of like, well, what do we do to clean trauma of the soul? And I was like, Oh, that makes so much like, that's a great question. That is how yeah. you start the healing process. I was just so fascinated by, um, you know, how they kind of worded things and it just made so much sense to me. Yeah, it really did. And I, I, my, one of my favorite lines that he mentioned was that sometimes we make enemies of our best allies, mm, you know, yes. and I thought about that in the context of our soldiers that don't want to talk about it. They want to keep that inside and your spouses and your kids know, or they feel a shift. And I thought, man, you, he was so right in that because we're your biggest ally. I'm, we're our husband's biggest fans and our kids biggest fans and, or we are their biggest, you know, and so for them to be able to share with us is so important too. So for them to be able to hopefully hone in on that and help those people open up and talk about those wounds again. Wow. Yeah, I know. Oh, it was just, it was such a good interview to listen into and just, um, and I know we all have kind of like different layers, right, of mm -hmm. possible trauma and um, just how they talked about, we always need hope and then how healing comes from that grace plus truth over time. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, oh, yes, like that like grace is needed. I feel like I never give myself enough grace. And then when he talked about how, um, if you're giving too much grace, you're kind of enabling somebody. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I was just thinking about myself. I'm like, wow, I, I never enable myself. I'm always the opposite, but, um, for loved ones, yeah. that was, that was so good to know, you know, not to just, and it, the fact that it, needs that overtime component because it's right. not just going to happen overnight. Right. Um, yeah, I was just, 
I took so many notes during this this interview. Um, so thank you well, so much, Dr. Jenny. And, and right? says, um, wow. I mean, well, even for me, we've done this, this you know, a, a type of this ministry of our own for like 25 years. And so to not even remember that it could be for us too. Like just because you yeah. think, you know, or you've been through it before, doesn't mean it's the same. Right. And so like, I'm sitting here, I was like, oh, I've been through, we've dealt with this. We know how to handle on our own, but we, we don't. And sometimes to actually go into a group like that and have some guidance in those areas of what exactly to ask. Like, I wouldn't have known that. And when you said families and how they kind of suffer with us, I didn't even catch this until my, my daughter's 20. And the first deployment for her was a 15 month long deployment. Oh, two Christmas wow. back to back. And it was a lot of, a lot of stuff. I mean, it was back during the surge when the wives wouldn't watch the news kind of thing. So right. it, was, oh. it was a scary, it was a scary deployment. And I had, we hadn't talked, but we thought everything was okay. And it's crazy to me how like 16 years later, almost, or actually not 13 years later, she brought up the other night. She's like, remember when we would even just driving down the road and dad would yell trash can on the side of the road and how random that was. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, like, dad, kids remember stuff. Like, she was like, crazy. yeah, she's like, what teenager, what kids, you know, you go and does your dad yell trash can and truck and things like that that he sees out on the roadways. And I would, she's like, we get almost teased or look at like we were crazy as kids, military kids, because other kids didn't understand that, you know, no, we can't bang doors open through the house really loud when dad just got back or, you know, little things like that. And I thought, wow, she really had carried that for years. And yeah. I know she's better now, but it was interesting to hear how that, you know, kind of went through her elementary years and middle school years. Yeah. That's why um, I just, I always view it as, I guess, kind of like an onion, right? There's so many, yeah, um, yeah layers of things that people remember from their childhood that um, to some, it might not, you know, oh, I suffered way worse trauma. You know, people are always kind of in a comparison thing, but that's why I loved their, their original description. It's just like, it's a wound, right? Like, and so we all have these different wounds of our souls and we never, you never know what, you know, we are going to repress as adults and what our kids are going to remember that maybe was um, a bit of trauma for them or just um, a memory that impacted them long-term, you know? So, very true. So powerful. They've definitely created a safe space and I love, um, hopefully people will take advantage of that. So yeah, we can look them up and keep in touch, but yeah, definitely. Military spouses, I think that about does it for another episode of this podcast. What do you think, Amanda? I think so. That was great. Well, military spouses, that about does it for another episode of this podcast. It's a wonderful experience to bring you this content week after week and invite you into our ever-expanding tribe. We love doing this so much that we produce two podcasts per week. In addition to our full-length Monday podcast, check out our mini-cast, which drop each Thursday. Our team members share their personal military spouse experiences and fave resources that they've used on their journey. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Don't miss out on our next full-length episode when we chat with Fernando Arroyo about his book, The Shadow of Death, From My Battles. We look forward to sharing this info with our Mission Mill Spouse community. As we wrap up, we want to remind you that if you or someone you know has a product or service to share with the over 100,000 followers in our network, let's partner up. Both businesses and individuals can donate on our website. You can also email partner at missionmillspouse.org 
for details on partnership deliverable opportunities. Remember, we are a 501c3, so all donations are tax deductible. Finally, if you want to connect with us here at Mission Mill Spouse Beyond the Podcast, subscribe to our newsletter, The Sit Rep, that's Situation Report for anyone new to our Mill Spouse neighborhood. We send the Sit Rep twice per month, showcasing our top blog po- posts, upcoming podcast information, exclusive giveaways, and more. To sign up, simply visit missionmillspouse.org. Listeners, it's truly an honor to be part of your Mill Spouse squad. We're here for you no matter what this military life might be throwing your way. We want to thank you for tuning in to this edition of our podcast. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember, we've been there. You are not alone. We've got your six. This is your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.